Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow Up Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how Follow Up Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Lab code agents, welcome back to another episode of, of the LCA podcast. And as is usually the case, this one's slightly different. Uh, I'm going to be talking to somebody today that I don't know prior to about three minutes ago. Uh, and a funny story, that before we started to uh, record, I even had to ask our guest, remind me where you came from again. And, you know, I being the idiot that I am, uh, quickly racked my brain and it all came back to me. And I have to tell you that I am really excited to interview uh, this young lady, because uh, what she does for a living is help real estate agents take their income from six figures to seven figures. Let me say that again. Not from five figures to six figures, from six figures to seven figures. She comes from a real estate background. She understands the game of building relationships. We're going to go super deep on tactical content today. Coming to us all the way from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast, Jess Lunavel. Did I get that you got right? it. Darn. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> right. I'm just going to call you Jess from here on out. Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. Well, welcome, welcome, and obviously, like I always like to do, assuming that our, our audience doesn't has not heard of you or may not know you, Brittany Howard does know you, knows you really well. That's how we got connected. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, a lot of the Lab Code Agents community knows Brittany, and she swears by you. And so I was like, I got to talk to this gal. And so just tell us who you are, where you come mm-hmm. from, how you came up in the business, and, and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I grew up in the industry. My mom has had a license for about 35 years. So I kind of grew up in the back of the car when pagers were still the thing. And, you know, there was no GPS playing with her little Pearly's map book in the backseat of the car, getting dragged around. I have a million stories about what it's like to be like a little, a little girl with mom as a, as a realtor. Um, so I grew up in the industry. I, you know, after school, I was, you know, I, I got my degree in African and Caribbean studies. Everybody was like, what are you going to do with your life now? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So mom basically said, why don't we get your real estate license and see? See if you like it. See if it is. She's like, I think you'll be good at it, but see if you like it. So that's what I did. I got into real estate um, and, you know, I was 21. And all of a sudden I sold my first million dollar deal. And I got a great big paycheck. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this industry's got something to it. <laughs> I, I can buy whatever shoes I want. <laughs> so, uh, so I stuck around. I, stay, I was a real estate agent for, I was an active agent for 15 years. I still have a license. And it was, it was great. I built a couple teams, made a lot of mistakes along the way. My last team that I had was for about five years. Um, we had three agents, did about 250 transactions a year. and everything was inbound. 
everything was everything was generated online. We didn't do any like referral pushing or anything like that. And we had a really great business. On top of all of that, I still took two months off a year. I still went on vacation all the time and I still took at least two days off a week. So I really didn't have that hustle mentality when it came to my business, even though we were doing the production that we were doing. So in, I guess it was like four years ago now, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of like an existential crisis. I think I went through a midlife crisis at like the, in my early thirties and basically decided that, okay, well, I feel to a certain extent, like I've conquered this what's next. I'm uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Colby, but I am a 10 quick start. So I like to build and I like new things. So I basically said, you know, what am I going to do next? And my husband and I, we were in Hawaii and we were just kind of like driving around, having a great time. And I started to cry and he looked over me and he's like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I don't want to sell real estate anymore. And it, it was like silence because this was our entire lives. He actually, for the last not eight or nine years has actually worked with me. So he's like, well, I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? And from there, I just said, look, like this isn't really where my heart is anymore. I really want to help agents do what we've done. And it took time and it took a lot of courage to walk away from a business like that. But we did, um, we started the listings lab and, uh, yeah. So basically like we started that program, it's grown. We have a great team that's pretty international at this point. Um, and yeah, we're helping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, um, go from six to seven figures. That's fascinating. Uh, so the listings lab is what we're going to talk about today, yeah. but, I, but I have, but I have a question for you. Well, actually I have two questions. First yeah. of all, you, you mentioned, what was it? Colby or Colby? What did you say it was? Yeah. So Colby, so real estate loves the disc profile. Correct. I am not a huge lover of the disc. So when I first did my disc profile, when I was 21 at Keller Williams, they basically told me, you'll be a really great assistant. And if I had listened to that, God knows where I would be now. So I've always been a really big believer in the Colby. The Colby basically like talks about like some strengths and weaknesses in terms, like not in terms of communication, but more in terms of like productivity. So it's broken down into four categories, fact finder, quick, uh, fact finder, quick start, um, follow through and implementer. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at a lot of like the really visionary people in, in business in general, they tend to be very high on the quick start. I'm a 10 quick start, which is essentially as high as you can get, but I'm actually very low in everything else. And the, and the equivalent is the equivalent of a D? Kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that because like, I'm, I'm not a high D I'm actually very introverted. You, I may not sound like that when I'm, you know, doing something like this, but I'm actually very introverted. And, um, I had to build my business really to, to cater to that because I could not be on all the time. Love so, that, so yeah, I just, I saw, I figured if I'm thinking that I know my audience, somebody out yeah, there totally. is thinking the same thing. <laughs> totally. I better, I better ask. And I'm very familiar with disc, as you said, everybody in real estate, yep. Um, there's actually another book that I've read and I'm looking for it in my office right now, but it's similar to that. And I don't have it handy, obviously, but um, I, I agree with you. Like disc is the Bible, but there are other ways to look at things. Yeah. And I think that's pretty fascinating because I, I think other people should venture outside of disc sometime. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not the end all. So it's, it's, how's that spelled by the way? It's K-O-L-B-E. K-O-L-B. Awesome. 
Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, so my next question was, which that one was totally off base. My next question yeah. was, was, was back to what you were talking about, which is I've always thought to myself, and now I kind of see myself going down a similar path as you in, in the sense that my passion is helping others grow, like mm. sh showing people what I've done. But I used to always think I was the guy sitting in that chair, uh, listening to, to the Jesses of the world and listening to these quote unquote coaches who left, who were making all this money and left the business to go do something else. And it's like, if you were so great at it, why in the hell would you just up and leave? I mean, why would yeah. you leave all that income on the table yeah. and take a huge chance, yeah. especially today in a mm. super saturated world of coaches? Mm. You know, since I've got you, I'm going to ask you the question. Like, it's almost like a, I'm not, I'm just being completely transparent with you. I would sit in these rooms and be like, I'm going to call bullshit here. Like, totally. I don't think you were that successful. Totally. You know, and so knowing what you went through, you were in Hawaii, you're in yeah. Hawaii as a result of your success, of course, yeah. right? Yeah. And now you tell your husband, ah, let's stop doing the things that got us to where we are. Yeah. Right? So I, I, and I totally get where you're coming from. This is actually a question I get asked a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a natural question. So, um, really for me, it was, it was by far the biggest risk I've ever taken in my life. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. My mom was like, you are crazy. She was so worried. I think I like probably like added 10 years to her life when I, when I did that, cause she was so worried about me. But for me, it was very much like, I felt like I'd gotten to a point where I was just chasing the money. I was like, you know, we're already at a point where we don't really want for anything, we don't, we don't really have any like money concerns. I'm not the kind of person who wants a yacht. So I was just like, you know, at this point, where are we going? And it's hard to build just for the sake of building. And, you know, I also never wanted to have a mega team. I didn't want 25 agents on my team. I liked the lean, the leanness of it. We were highly profitable. So we weren't one of those teams that like, okay, great. Yeah. You're making millions and millions of dollars, but like, how much are you spending? We were spending very little. We were very profitable. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, if, if it's not about the money anymore, what is it about? And the things that used to light me up the most, and there's one agent I'm thinking of in particular. And when she used to come and knock on my door, it always lit me up. I was always like, yeah, like, of course I want to help you. And I felt like I was helping the wrong people. This is not real. I think real estate is an incredible, and I, and I have a huge vision for real estate and what I'm doing in the real estate industry. But I also kind of felt like I'd hit my, I'd hit my limit. And I think that we all have a very interesting journey and none of us really know where we're going in life, right? Who knows where I'm going to be in 10 years. Yeah. But I also think that real estate, I got into real estate for a reason and it was to get me to a point where I could do this. It was for the credibility, for the knowledge. I've worked for builders. I've, I've learned the business from essentially every angle so that I could do this, even though I didn't know that that's what I was doing. That's, that's interesting. It's an interesting take. And it's funny because when you mentioned that in the beginning about taking two month vacations, you know, we just had a guy named Dewey Golub on the podcast and he was just went live recently and he's out of South Carolina, I believe, somewhere on the East Coast. And one of the things that fascinated about me was his quality of life. Mm. And it's a result of real estate. They take a lot of vacations and yeah. they get to do these things because you can. And it's just interesting to hear you say that because as, as our listeners listen to our podcast, I, I think the reason they listen is because you know, they're trying to learn something new that they can bring totally. into their business. And now here we are, two podcasts within two or three of each other, where we're talking about quality of life and what you can mm -hmm. do. 
But this is a little bit different because you basically said, I built the wealth, I built the security, which allowed me the ability to go do something I love. Absolutely. And, and I think for me too, and if I'm going to be super transparent, I wanted to be location independent. I also was at a point where I had so much freedom, but there was just one thing that was keeping me in one place. And it was the fact that my business was a local business. So I really like for me, and in terms of like taking that excellent quality of life that I had and kind of taking it to the next step, of course, COVID has put a little bit of a, a, like a wrench in that plan, but we do travel a lot. We move around a lot. When, as soon as I started this business, I moved to LA for six months. So it was one of those things that I really wanted that extra level of freedom for me. I love it. That's very cool. So cool. So let's get into the nitty gritty now. So yeah. I, I like to get personal with people just because I'm kind of fascinated by it, to be honest yeah. with you. And I love to hear this story just because, like I said, I think a lot of people who are listening to this have the same goals. And, and I think, you know, like when I started, I'm in the mortgage business. I didn't think that I would end up being a, a coach or somebody who is inspirational or somebody who is standing on stages, stages speaking, right? It just found me. And I think it's interesting. I love hearing these stories because it just kind of it fires me up like, hell yes, I can do this, right? Uh, so you, you know, so you 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 took your successes and now you teach it to people, teach yes. the agents to do the same thing. So let's let's kind of break it down. Like where did this come from? What is it? Mm -hmm. And how does it work? Yeah, so it's a big that's a big big question. <laughs> okay, so our methodology or my methodology is broken down into three pieces, right? And it's kind of a play on ROI. We call it the listings lab method, but it's broken down into relevancy, omnipresence and intimacy. Say that okay? again. Say that again. Relevancy, omnipresence and intimacy. And these are the three pillars or the three main pieces that I truly believe that every single person needs to have in order to really dominate and to really dominate their market. And really, like if, we're, if I'm going to break it down into the three pieces, the relevancy part is really the idea of figuring out who you're talking to, understanding them very deeply and on a human level. I think that so much of this industry has become very transactional and very like, agent centric. This is the way that we teach marketing is all about like, this is about your clients. This is not only about you. Yes. Part of it is about you, of course, but like, this is like, what, what does your client need? When you wake up in the morning, do you think, what do I want to say today? Or do you think, what does my, what does my ideal client or what does my audience need to hear from me today? Right? So that ideal client profiling part of it is so key when it comes to the relevancy part. And so it's about creating a relevant message that is going to attract the people that you want to work with. So it's figuring out who that is, understanding them deeply, pains, problems, fears, and desires, and then also understanding the psychology or the psychological journey of what that person needs to actually go through to, for you to be like, kind of like the hell yes right? Like this is my person. I'm going to reach out to this person. It's basically the inbound come list me call. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about that, we actually teach nine different types of content to take someone from stranger to client. So this all falls under the relevancy part of it. Now, omnipresence, omnipresence is the idea. Yeah. Let me stop you there. Cause I got sure. some questions about relevance. Yeah, go so, for it. so when it comes to the relevancy, that was broad. And so my next question would be, all right, cool. I get it. Like mm -hmm. I need to go deep with my person. How do I find my person? 
How do I so, even get in front of that person? Yeah. So when we're talking about any kind of a, like a niche down, and it, it, the, there's kind of two ways to do it. So the old school way is the farm area. And the reason why I say it's old school is because before we had technology, it was the only way to do it. So you had to have a farm area because it was the only way that you were going to be consistent and you were, and you were going to have consistency and frequency with those people because you had to do it manually. We have the interwebs now, right? So guess what? We don't actually have to farm an area. We can actually niche down in terms of human being. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about like, who do you specialize in helping? It's more demographic based rather than location based. So some examples of something like this would be upsizers, downsizers, first time buyers, investors, uh, corporate women, divorcees, like things like that. We're niching down in terms of the life transition that they're making. And I think this is so crucial to remember. People don't move because it's fun. People move because there is something in their life that's not serving them. And they are trying to fix that with a change. And that change is a location change, a type of home change, things like that. So like an upsizer, for instance, you're usually dealing with a young family that is growing, possibly growing out of their space. Sometimes it's condo to home. Sometimes it's like starter home to to larger home. But the the pain points, for the most part, are going to be space, school district, outdoor space, things like that. Like a lot of it, though, then manifests into things in the relationship. Parents are fighting because there's not enough space. There's toys everywhere. There's whatever that looks like, or there's guilt associated with the school district that they're in. We want to figure out for the demographic in that particular market, what are those pain points? How do we address those pain points? What are the fears and desires? Where, like, what, what's keeping them up at night that's making them say, okay, you know what, it's time. Most people don't just wake up one day and say, hey, you know what, it'd be cool to have a bigger house. It's because it's the, okay, you know what? This is a big financial change that we're about to make, but we need this for quality of life. We mm. need this for happiness. We need this to kind of move into the next step. I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. And that's really good. I'm glad you broke it down like that. Cause now I was sitting here thinking there's gotta, it's not always painful. What about like a second home? That's kind of exciting, right? Totally. Um, but I guess, I guess, but you're right. Cause I was thinking, I first thought, well, when you're moving up, that's exciting, but you're moving up because of pain. And no, totally. Total. I, I never thought of it that way. That's fascinating. Good. Good stuff. And and from the second home part of it, like there's not a there, the, there's not necessarily as much pain, but there's definitely desire, right? So it's a, it's always a lifestyle play, and and so when we talk about that, it's really like if there's not a solid pain, like a really like painful part of something, then we then we all obviously focus on the desire. Awesome. And so when, when it comes to finding this in said client, so you find client on interwebs, yeah. you know, or on MySpace <laughs> or wherever you're at, right? If you, if you find the client and, and, and by the way, do you, do you teach like Facebook and Instagram and yeah. TikTok and, and LinkedIn and kind of farming the, the, uh, the social platforms? Yeah. So we teach both the organic marketing side and the paid traffic side. So I'm a big believer in both. I love it. Awesome. Well, that's cool. So uh, when, it, when it comes to this now, uh, what, what is like the process of digging deep on said client? Because obviously you gotta, you've really got to pry a little mm -hmm. bit, right? You mm -hmm. almost have to get a little uncomfortably personal yeah. asking questions. How do, yeah. how, does, how, do you, how do you teach agents to do that? So we give them a list of questions, but basically that are going to like walk them through everything that they need to know to create that messaging. But we usually tell them like, don't, 
I think the biggest mistake that some people do or some people make when they're doing market research is like asking willy nilly, whoever will answer their questions. You're never going to get a deeper, a deep enough response. Well, I always say we want to go, you're going to get the surface response and you want to go seven levels deeper, seven layers deeper, right? So past clients that you have a close relationship with friends and family that have made that transition right? Or who are thinking about making that transition. You can get a tremendous amount of business just asking people relevant questions. And, and so really, it's really about like having the questions, knowing what the outcomes are, having an idea and kind of going in without being attached to the answers. So often realtors, and this is definitely the hardest part about what this section of the program is taking off that real estate hat. It's taking off that like that real estate bias, especially if you've been in the business for a long time, sure. because you are so transactionally focused that you're going to make assumptions about what those answers are going to be. And you'll kind of subconsciously guide someone in that direction, really kind of coming at it of, I don't know, I, I don't know this and I need to, I want to know this about you so that then I can craft my services around making sure that I'm doing what's right for you. And I'm going to take care of you in the best possible way. I love it. I also love your about, I love that little Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah, you, did you hear that? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I heard that a few times now. Um, okay, so let's let's move forward to omnipresence. Uh, I yeah. think I think that answers a lot on the relevancy. I, I imagine we could probably talk about relevancy for hours, Absolutely. Um, but we only have a, a little limited time. So let's okay. go to omnipresence. So omnipresence is the is the is the showing up in front of your ideal client with consistency and frequency, like all the time with the relevant message. The relevant message is the most important part. If you are omnipresent and you're not relevant, you are annoying, right? It's kind of like, I'll give you an example. So from a retargeting perspective, you go on, you go on Amazon and you buy a pool table. They don't seem to be able to track that you've already bought that pool table. And then for the next three weeks, all you see in your feed is pool tables. And you're like, this is super annoying because I've already bought the pool table that I'm buying, that I wanted to buy, right? So the idea really here is, the messaging has to be customized to the agent, the market, and the demographic of people that they want to really work with or attract. So that's the relevancy and the omnipresence together. Now, the omnipresence is really, we do it through retargeting, we do it through email, we do it through messenger. But the whole point of it is that it has to be value first. It's the whole idea of give before you ask, serve before you sell. Way too much of the marketing that we see in the real estate community is I'm number one, look at me, here are the market stats. It's always a good time to buy, right? And, and at the end of the day, that's not actually valuable. So everything that we do, we break, we break the content down into three, three major buckets. So there's nine different content types that fit into three different buckets. There's authority content, there's personal content, and then there's social proof. So your authority content is basically mini trainings, things that your client, this ideal client doesn't know, but not your general like, here's why staging is important. It's, or it's a good time to clean your gutters, things like that. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's very much like geared towards what is it that's something that's going to be particularly important to them. So in Toronto, for instance, ups, upsizers are always, you know, for the most part, young professionals. And so we're always talking about numbers. And, and honestly, some of these like 30 year olds, they're very, very concerned about taxes, taxes, tax planning, you know, retirement planning, all of this stuff. So how do we then teach them or position ourselves as an authority in that way so that they feel that comfort level? So authority is going to be authority value content process solution. 
So process solution is basically we create your unique methodology that specifically addresses the major pains and problems and differentiates the agent in the marketplace. So it's basically like I have the listings lab method. I am Jess. So like maybe like Aura Memorian has the spring method. Something like that, right? Like, so what we want to have is a methodology that people then can can relate to, can see the process that you're going to take someone through, that it is actually a proven process to get them where they want to go. Then uh, uh, the other part of, of authority is going to be the social proof, which is case studies, testimonials, and PR. This is not your just listed, just sold. Okay? Just listed, just sold is for the most part an ad. So when we're talking about value-driven content, it's testimonials from client from past clients, case studies. Case studies are tremendously important because people then will say, oh, I was in exactly that same situation and that's where I want to go. And oh my gosh, Karen helped me get from the help that helped them get from there to there. And like this is this is the, the result that I want. So the case study actually gets to paint the picture and tell the story of the, that particular client. There's far more value in that. Give me, give me an example of a case study. Um, okay. So, I mean, I have to make it up, but like, it would be something like, okay, well, you know, Karen was really concerned that like, she, she was a first, she was wanting to be a first time buyer. She was really concerned that like, she didn't have enough money. These were the fears that she was having around taking on a mortgage. For some reason, the mortgage felt, felt heavier or more scary or more permanent than paying rent. Um, you know, she, she was an independent contractor, so it was harder to get her a mortgage, something like that. Right. And then, you know, she started working with Sally. Sally was her realtor. She started working with Sally. Sally, through her proven first-time buyer process, actually like took her from start to finish. Um, there was a hiccup with the financing, and this is what it looked like. And the banks required all of this other stuff, but it was okay because Sarah, Sally had her. And like basically like this. And, and guess what? Now Karen has this brand new condo that she's super excited that she's moved into, and she is actually building equity and building wealth. Hmm. It's almost like a. It's almost like a. It's better than a testimonial because a testimonial is just exactly. a customer giving the word. It's the story testimonial. If 100%. You will. 100%. Like cool. Yeah. All so right. we use case studies a lot. Um, and then the, the last part of that would be PR. So I think a lot of agents don't realize how important the media is because it holds this extra level of clout, even though there's a lot of people who don't believe the media is actually as impartial as we think, right? But it gives this extra level of clout. And like if, 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 a, if a reporter goes to an agent as an expert, it holds this extra, this extra authority with it. Plus, any PR that someone gets can then that PR can be leveraged for years and years and years in an auto, in, in the omnipresence part of what we do. So then your other your other content types are going to be personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story. There is this misconception that business and personal are separate. You are not Tesla. <laughs> You're not Nike. At the end of the day, this is a human-to-human -human business. And it's so important that people actually feel connected to you as a human being. The personal content, the personal philosophy content, it's always the top performing piece of content. And the reason for that is that people want to know more. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of these things, they're social networks. They're not intended for businesses to advertise towards you. They're intended for human beings to connect with each other. And so if your feed is all just listed, just sold, look at me, like, you know, here's a picture of my client in front of the house with a sold sign, you're not providing any value and you're also not connecting with your audience. 
what you're, what we're really looking to do is build an element of celebrity within the marketplace for the, this niche of people, but it's relatable celebrity. You don't want to be Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. You want to be that influencer, local influencer, where people feel like they can come up to you in a grocery store. I love it. Did you hear what she just said, folks? No one goes to social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. They don't go to any of those platforms with the intent to buy a home ever. They're going there to see what you, where you traveled. They're going there to see what you had for dinner. They're going there to see what your kids are doing, what your pets are doing. So don't overthink it, like Jess says. I mean, this is it's. I love. I love that you said that because it allowed me the opportunity to reinforce it. Yeah. The other thing that's also really important to, that agents forget about social media is that people only move like every three to seven years on average. You have to give those people a reason to follow you the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, you end up with audience churn because you're only relevant to them when they're looking to buy yep. or sell. Yep. And frankly, if you're playing the algorithm game, which is what you really should be doing on social yeah. media, once you become non-relevant to them, you're all it's almost impossible to get back in their feed because the yeah. algorithm says, you know, Sally doesn't like Jeff stuff anymore, so I'm not, not going to show, show it anymore. Her. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not rocket science, but so many people struggle to, to really execute the concept. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. And then the omnipresence part. I have one more question. Go about, for it. About PR. Yeah. Because nowadays, PR is, I mean, I don't, I don't know the statistics on this or the actual data, but nowadays, I feel like, especially with social media, you almost have to pay to be interviewed on TV, to be interviewed by a local reporter. I mean... I hate to tell people this that don't know this, but most of the the shows that you see, the CNBCs, the Bloombergs, the local news stations, you actually, it's like you're basically buying an ad mm. to be interviewed. So what is your take on that for anybody who's saying, well, it's not real? Yeah. So I think that there's like, you got to watch. There are definitely places where you can see whether or not it's real or not. And there's there there are a lot of reporters that actually actively are, you can pitch yourself for PR and not pay for it. So that's really what we teach. We don't teach people to buy PR, but we teach them how to pitch and leverage it. So how to go to a reporter and say, hey, you're, you're doing a story on this, you should quote me, or, or this is what I would have to say. And basically the pitches, if they're done well, and there's a, there's a format for pitching, which is, it, it, that, 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 would, that would be a whole show. But like, there's a format for pitching, and if you follow it, you're giving that reporter everything they need to just say yes to you. I love it. And I, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, 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 if you're going to pitch something, you need to bring something of value. And it's not 100%. just, it's not just, I'm the local expert because yeah. there's like 5,000 of you. You have to like do something really cool mm. or, or do something charitable that they would want to share. Right. I mean, you, you actually sparked my own memory. I was on the news because I, I ran 2018 miles in 2018 and somebody referred me to the news station. And they're like, wow, that's a cool story. Great end of the year, blah, blah, blah. We're going to interview that guy. I got free PR. I yeah. got free coverage just because I did something crazy that people would be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. So my yeah. advice, and I'm not sure what yours is, but do something that's going to make it newsworthy, right? Mm-hmm. And invite the media to the stuff that you do. If they don't come, no skin off your back. But if they do, then fantastic, you're going to have some coverage. Yeah, what do you have to lose? And that, and frankly, most news stations are starved for good content anymore. So yeah. why not? That's a great idea. Actually, never exactly. thought, thought to do that. Awesome. Carry on. Okay, so from the, then, then all of this plays into the omnipresence. And the omnipresence is basically just the automated follow-up. So many people lose so much business because they don't nurture properly. 
right? There's, and so omnipresence basically does three things. The first one is that is just what every agent's trying to do. Cold calling, door knocking, flyers, billboards, farming, boosted Facebook posts. They want to be top of mind. The human brain can only remember two names in any industry quickly. So what we're doing is we're getting in front of them. We're building top of mind awareness so that when they think real estate, they think you. The second thing that Omnipresence does is it builds trust. So we build trust online in two different ways. The first one, which I said before, is consistency and frequency. So there's something called the mere exposure effect. Basically what this is, is when the human brain is exposed to the same person over and over again, we build trust with that person. It's like kind of like this like survival mechanism that we have. A horrible example, but it's the same reason why Stockholm syndrome exists, why people fall in love with their kidnappers. It's not because it's rational, it's because that's who they're exposed to, right? So there's that part. The second way that we build trust is through giving before we ask or serving before we sell. It's the idea of reciprocity. Like we would never go up to a stranger on the street and ask them for something unless you were having an emergency. That's what most real estate marketing is doing. It's give me all of your information and then I'll give you something. So what we're doing instead is we're giving value over and over again so that when we do ask for something, it doesn't feel like such a hard ask. And that element of reciprocity is already there. I love it. Right? So then the third thing, and, I, and this is something that I love, I call this the halo of success. People don't critically think about what's in their newsfeed. People assume that everyone's newsfeed looks pretty similar. That's not the case, right? So like I could have a twin sister who lives in the house next door to me and our news feeds would still not look anything alike. But people don't know that. So really at the end of the day- You're talking social media news. I'm talking social media. Correct, yes. Yeah, so like really at the end of the day, what we're doing is, how can I say this in a way that's actually gonna make sense and is gonna be concise? So we're all in our own little online bubbles, right? So let's say that we have, I don't know, Martin. And Martin sees you two times a day. He's going to assume that everyone else in your entire market is also seeing you that much. And he's going to think, wow, you run a lot of ads. You must be spending a fortune. And if you're spending that much money, the ads must be working. You must be really successful. And you must be the person that I should talk to. What he doesn't realize is you're only putting those ads in front of the people that they're relevant to. And it's really cheap to do it. So what we're really doing is we're going after the low hanging fruit, those people who are legitimately ready to do something now, but 80 to 90% of all leads, it doesn't matter where they come from. They're not going to be ready for three months or six months or somewhere down the road. So really what we're doing is in an automated way, we're nurturing those people. We're going, taking them through this psychological journey of getting them to know, like, and trust you so that when they are ready, they're raising their hand and saying, I'm ready to go. I don't have any questions about that. So carry okay, on. okay, okay. So that's just kind of, that's kind of like the omnipresence. Like I, I could talk about omnipresence again, like for an hour, but it's really the idea of like, let's take the hustle out of your business. Mm -hmm. All the stuff that you're doing manually in terms of follow-up, in terms of all the farming, like all of that stuff, automate it. Let's get it off your plate so that you have the bandwidth and the, and the potential and the time and the space to do a hundred to 200 deals a year without feeling like, okay, well, I, but I have, to, I have to constantly fill the pipeline because the, the pipeline's constantly being filled, right. right? So the conversation that I have all the time is, okay, well, I'm prospecting three hours a day, but I want to double my business. Great. Do you have six hours a day to prospect? And then can you also service twice as many clients as you currently have without going crazy? Yeah. The answer is always no. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, whenever we're talking from six to seven figures, it's okay, great. What got you here will not get you there. 
So things need to shift. The business model needs to change. Automation needs to be built in. And it's time to think about the business as a business instead of as a hustle. It's got to be. you got to scale. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I think just to summarize omnipresence folks, and, and I preach this when I teach social media is it's, it's very simply this. If you enjoy chasing leads and chasing business, then just keep doing it. But if, but if you want it to come to you, if you want to tr- attract business, create that omnipresence and social mm-hmm. media is only going to continue to be a larger and larger part of our lives into the future. So get, if you're, if you have, if you're not doing it on a consistent level now, start yesterday. Totally. Awesome. Totally. Carry on. Okay. What's next? What's next? Come on. Okay. What's next? Um, intimacy. So there's three different parts to intimacy and I'm not meeting intimacy the way that some people are thinking. Oh, you got me so excited. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's basically community connection and conversation. So once you have, you have to create this level of intimacy and it also comes with an element of vulnerability too, which for some people freaks them out, but you have to create this connection, this conversation, this community, this this, this comfort level with your audience. And a lot of the time that comes through vulnerability or just showing up as you are. And I think there's so many people, I mean, you know, the typical joke that like you see the person's business card and this person, like the, the, it's a glamor shot from like 1975. Right. Mm -hmm. But it it goes even further than that. You've got to be able to show up in your ads, in your marketing, in your social media as a real human. Right. I, my, my, my story that I tell through, like, I, I, I guess the, the biggest place that it was ever told was in Entrepreneur Magazine. And it was basically my journey from domestic violence to where I am now and how I built my business and how I built my life and my, my marriage and all of this off of, like, the foundation of abuse. And that was an incredibly hard thing for me to talk about at the time. But that element of vulnerability creates a tremendous amount of trust. It creates conversation. It people read that and they're like, okay, this is just this isn't just another one of those bro digital marketers out there that's trying to sell me some snake oil course. This is a real human being who has a story, who's had struggles that I can relate to. Relatability. Relatability. Yeah. Yeah. That I can relate to and that, you know, is going to I I people believe things that are real. And I think that this fake persona that so many people try to portray online, it's doing harm rather than good. Yeah, one, 100%. And I think that's, again, going back to the content that people put out is that you, you, people need to be able to relate to you. And, yeah. and everybody thinks they have to show the perfect life and the perfect relationship. But you actually find that when you share you know, your fears and you share your failures, that's when people can like, Oh yeah, I know exactly yeah. what they're talking about. Totally. And and you know, there's the rule of thumb that we use is like don't share your mess, you cleaned it up. Right? Like you you don't want to talk about how you're having a mental breakdown right now. But you can talk about the like the anxiety that you felt last year. <laughs> Right. But like, like, because it, it's irresponsible to talk about something when you're right in the middle of it, especially if you're positioned as an authority within your audience. Right. But it's like, what have you learned? Where are the lessons? Like what, what can you, what knowledge and what help can you impart on the people who are following you? And then like, how can you help them not make the same mistakes? And, you know, mistakes you've made in real estate, people don't want to know that you've never made a mistake because that's not real and it's not believable. And I think that that human element creates so much, so much open conversation 
And really that's what you want at the end of the day. You want that open conversation. You want someone to, you want to be walking into someone's living room and them saying, I feel like I already know you. How's Harold, your dog. Right. Right. Because then like they, like it's, it's, they're excited to talk to you. They're not, they don't have this wall up of a, okay, here's another salesperson coming into my living room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I, again, I'm, I'm a broken record here, but I, and again, I tell this to people all the time, the moment when you start to have conversations with people and they say, I feel like I already know you, or yeah. you don't know me, but I, I feel like I already know you, or how is your wife, Sarah? How is your daughter winter? And it's like, first, you know, you first have these creeper thoughts, but then I'm like, oh, hell yes. It's like working. I'm doing a good job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's when you know you're winning and that's when you know you're getting out ahead and it's so damn powerful. Absolutely. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, like what, what's better than that? Yeah. You, you know, you can have this, this business that doesn't feel, doesn't look or feel like you. And guess what? Over time you're going to get jaded and it's going to feel exhausting to show up like that every day. Or you can have, you can build a business of people who are your people and every client that comes into your world, and it could be hundreds of them are people who you go for a beer with or that you'd go and have a coffee with that feel like friends. And that comes from being real and vulnerable online. I love it. That's intimacy. Intimacy. It's not the word I would use, but it makes sense. I like it. I like it. I I I have a one track male mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> I guilty, love it. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> awesome. So, is there anything more to uh, to the intimacy piece? No, I think that we've kind of covered it. The only other other part that I didn't really talk about is community. Uh, we teach a lot of Facebook communities. Um, especially like local Facebook communities, like mom groups, things like that. It's a tremendous business opportunity, but it also, again, creates that extra level of intimacy that you're creating a safe space and a safe community for the people who you want to work with. That's to me, that's the most powerful piece, to be honest yeah. with you, because it's really the easiest piece to execute yep. and, and basically give back to your community at the same time. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. And not talk real estate, which is even better. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So all of this, this has been phenomenal. And I think I, I imagine my audience is thinking the same thing I'm thinking, gosh, I wish I could listen to Jess talk for like another two or three hours. Um, and so how could people find you? Like if they're, mm -hmm. if, if they're like, holy crap, I'm in love. I want to spend more time with you. How do they do that? How do they find you? Where can they go see more information? Where can they, where can they absorb more of this content? Because you talked about a lot of stuff that I couldn't even write down fast enough. Yep. Talk to me. Okay, I would say there's two there's two main places. I'm gonna direct to my Instagram for those of you who love the Instagram platform. It's just at Jess Lunavel, L-E-N-O-U-V as in Victor E-L. Um, so that's Instagram. And then on Facebook, if you're a Facebook lover, I would say my Facebook group, which is the Listings Lab Method for Facebook. For, sorry, the Listings Lab Method for Real Estate Agents. Well, that's a mouthful. Say that again. The Listings Lab Method. The Listings the Lab. The Listings Lab Method. For real estate agents, that Facebook group has probably a hundred hours of content of me talking, live streams, interviews, trainings. At the beginning of COVID, I did 15 trainings that were literally just like my best stuff to like help people kind of get through the beginning of COVID. So there's lots of stuff in there. So if somebody said, you know what, I want more of you, what mm -hmm. does that look like? So we have programs. We do have, I have three different levels of programs. I have a program that for new agents, which is, you know, just kind of like beginner social media stuff to get them to six figures. Um, I have the listings lab, which is our core, our core program, which is the, the, the marketing foundations from six to seven figures. I also have a program called the seven figure agent, 
Um, it's a much smaller group. It's a much smaller pro it's a much smaller group that we work with because it's basically our team with our fingers in your business. And it's everything from uh, sales, marketing, operations, team and hiring, leadership, all of that in one program. And it's a one year program. But whenever anybody comes into our world, we always if they're at six figures, we start them in the listings lab. Where and what does that entail? Like, is it like uh, so many times a month meetings, Zoom? Yeah, call, so what it's, is it? <laughs> it's a lot. So, so the program is basically broken down into two parts. There's the actual program course itself, and then there's the support side. I think we're the only program in real estate that is legitimately lifetime access. So once you come in and you start working with us, you have access to us, all of our support, all of the trainings, everything, all the updates for life. Um, and there's two calls a week. There's, uh, there's a call with me and then there's an ads clinic. Uh, so two calls a week for life. There's also a support community in our face uh, on Facebook that is basically daily access to me, ads experts, my head of marketing, graphic designers, PR experts, copywriters, like the whole shebang all there. So it's a tremendous amount of support, but there's also the actual course platform itself, which we hold, essentially handhold you all the way through. And how often, how often, like, let's just say I answer in the lowest, the lowest uh, level. Uh, how yeah. often are we meeting? Um, so twice a week. Wow. Yeah. So we, we, there's the two calls per week. There's the call with me. And then there's the call with the, uh, with our, with our ads team. Awesome. And, and I'm just going to warn everybody because I did the same thing. Um, I always stalk my guests just a little bit before I, I, I talk yeah. to them. And when Jess jumped on here, she's going to get dark hair. And <laughs> mo most of her photos on Facebook I'm are blonde. blonde. Right. And I yeah. was like, um, I was like, I, I, I was, I didn't say it, but I was thinking it, I, this must be her assistant setting up. <laughs> setting up. No, awesome. no. So COVID was not kind to those of us who dye our hair. Uh, I love it. <laughs> It's awesome. It's awesome. But I mean, you almost, it's like you have different personas. I love it. And I'm, so I'm looking at it on the screen right now. I miss the blonde. I got to tell you, I miss <laughs> it. Hey, I miss having hair. So oh, there you go. I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. So again, go to Instagram at Jess Linneville. You got it. Uh, and that's spelled, so Jess, J-E-S-S-L-A-N-O-U-V-E-L. -S -S yep. That's on Instagram or on Facebook, the Listing Labs Method for Real Estate Agents. Folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you want a, if you want somebody, if, if, if you want uh, a testimonial here, uh, Brittany Howard, a lot of you know her, go talk to her. She's the one who uh, brought us together, yep. uh, which this has been fantastic, uh, very enlightening. Uh, boy, did you uh, sure squash my question about, were you really crushing it and now you've moved on <laughs> to something? I can tell you're probably crushing it even more so. You're just, you're just the consummate successful entrepreneur. It's been an honor to get to interview you. This has been fantastic. Um, I look forward to sharing this with, with our audience and uh, hopefully we stay in touch and, and yeah. do this again sometime. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit EspressoAgent.com forward slash lab code agents. Agents Podcast.